Welcome to the Painters Podcast, proudly sponsored by Aussie Painters Network and Painters Training. In our podcast, we're interviewing real people on real jobs, as well as specialists within their areas of business to give you ideas to help you grow your business and make it more profitable. All information within this podcast is of general information, and you should seek independent professional advice about your own specific situation. Having 30 years of painting industry experience from running his own painting business, the editor of the Aussie Painting Contractor magazine, to now mentoring painting business owners and training apprentices. I'd like to introduce your host, Nigel Gorman. Hi, Glenn. Great to, to catch up again this week. Hey, mate. How are you going today? Good. We're keeping um, flat out, being just one of those really, really busy weeks. Uh, I think you've been the same, I'd imagine. Yeah, we've got, uh, I think we got like 42 quotes booked this week. Nice. Which is, you know, it's it's, it's good because there's a lot on, um, yep. you know, but the, the thing is, is you know, it, it, it like everything, you know, some weeks it, it goes even higher than that. Some weeks it goes lower than that. It's just, it's just crazy, man. Um, the demand at the moment is good, uh, steady. And, um, you know, the only thing that, that, that people need to do is um, start hitting the accept button. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. What sort of lead time have you got up though at the moment? Oh, look, we've got we've got a few teams. Uh, yeah. No, that, I know that. Going, but yep. um, we like to maintain anywhere between four to six weeks. Yep. We find yep. that anything over six weeks, like you know, will people wait? Yeah, they will. But it's like when you try to turn over a volume based business. Um, you don't want to lose opportunities. You know 100%. what I mean? Like, you know, there's nothing that gets under my skin more when someone goes, yeah, we wanted to go with you, but we went with somebody else because they could have done it sooner. It's just like, you've got to be kidding me. You yep. Know? And that's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah, it is. And, and it's actually quite interesting to me because, uh, sorry, man, I'm just, I am driving at the moment. So, yeah. Um, but you know, you know what they say with the beauty of technology, hands free and, and all that jazz. So yep. just keep your um, eyes on the road while you're talking. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll know about it if <laughs> you'll know about it if I don't. Yeah, exactly. you'll hear me. You'll hear me. Don't worry about that. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, where I'm driving now, there's no cyclists, so oh, good. It should it should be fine. Okay, fabulous. Why well, you good at uh, running those over or? Oh mate, uh, when I was younger, uh, I had a bit of a temper, and man, they would drive me in the easiest way is to say they'd drive me insane. Yep. You know, when you stop and you get McDonald's coffees all the time and that, and it's half full and the coffee cup's half full, but it's a cold coffee. I I got to say, there's been a few times where they've they've wore it. Put it that way. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, that was you. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and of so course, the car you. would have been sign written. Yeah, well, you know, it, it depends. <laughs> you know, like we're talking Wild West days here, mate. You oh, know that's I mean? true. Like, yeah, that's true. We're talking, we're talking builders' work. Yeah. So, so there were no signs. So that was, no, it was track pants, mate. Perfect. Pair of track pants. Perfect. <laughs> just another, just one of, another one of those painters. So um, that's sort of re- how it goes. I remember when I was, I remember when I was younger. There was, uh, you know, that Dulux accredited. Yep. Right. So we we got into that Dulux accredited, and um, 
you know, there was this uh, trade night going on in uh, South Bank at like the, I don't know, some seminar thing that they had. Yep. And um, I think I would have only been all like 25, 26 at the time. And I, I was working, I think, like at Red Bank Plains or something. And yep. so my plan was, you know, I, I thought to myself, there's no way people are going to turn up like dressed up like they're, they're <laughs> painters, you know. Yep. And so I'd been working on the tools all day. I'd been spraying like enamel, like water-based enamel and all the rest yep. of it. Like I'd, you know, second sprayed out the second coat on the house and then sprayed all the gloss and, and what have you. Yep. And, you know, I didn't cut my hair very respectable back then. So, you know, his hair was growing out. And I, I literally turned up in a hoodie, pair of track pants, covered in overspray because I just washed my face and jumped in the truck. You know? Yep. And I turned up South Bank at this bloody Ridges seminar thing and, and I've walked in, hey, 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 guys, how you going? And literally like everyone's, everyone's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so, um, oh, sorry, I didn't get the memo. You know, yeah, but oh, I remember you doing that at the conference. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember. When, yeah, yeah, when you had your um, yeah, the trade show conference thing. Yeah, the yeah. trade show conference. You did the same there. You know, hundred percent. So, 100%. Um, how times change, mate? How times change? <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, a certain level of maturity that comes with it as well. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's you're right. You're spot on with that. You know, and oh, education. I, Look at the biggest, at the biggest one. Education. You've educated yourself. You now know you wouldn't go to something like that. You're going to be dressed up to the nines. Well, I, 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 to be honest, man, I still, I still don't dress up. Like, <laughs> no, but I'm meaning in comparison. In comparison to, yeah. um, you know, turning up covered in overspray. I mean, you haven't been oversprayed for what four or five years, but yeah. It's been a while, yeah. Like, mm. I, I certainly like, I, you know, it, it. I don't know what other blokes are like, but it, I, I would be so rat shit by the end of the day, man. I'd come home and just crash out in bed, covered in overspray because I couldn't be bothered having a shower, and I'd get overspray all through the sheets, you know, because it dries on you. Yep. And and there'd be all through the bed, all through the sheets. Missus would just whinge at me all the time. You know, and then, you know, it's like you're in the shower. It's like, where's the scourers, you know? It's, yeah. I don't miss those days. No, the worst I used to get was lead. When we used to do lead sanding way back. And, yeah. um, you know, we'd be all tarped up and, you know, you'd be wearing full suits, sweating it out. And you'd go home at the end of the day and you'd sit down and you'd, you'd grab a beer and it'd be summer. And all of a sudden, your arms would just start feeling, you'd have a shower. Your arms yeah. start feeling like slime, all slimy, because all the the stuff's coming out of the pores of the skin, because it had absorbed, <laughs> it had absorbed into the pores of the skin, and you were just <laughs> continually, and you'd go and wash yourself, and then ten minutes later you'd be sitting out on the veranda just sweating again, and you're all slimy again. So yeah. I used to, yeah, know exactly what that that feeling's like. No, I can't ever remember falling asleep covered in overspray, but you know that's you know how some people do it uh, or used to do it. Um, but, you know, I know what you mean because, yeah, you'd, you'd get into bed and you'd, it'd just keep coming out of your pores. It'd be ridiculous. So, yeah, the good old fun days, mate. Yeah, look, uh, you know, I, I don't miss them. Um, I remember um, when we first, because we were doing um, – the, the, the builders, the builders liquidated now, but um, we were doing these these 
uh, properties called Aidenbrook, yep. Aidenbrook Homes. And this is maybe 10 years ago, I want to say. Maybe more, maybe less. I don't know. Yep. But anyway, I was thinking about it over the weekend, actually. And I was like, um, we work seven weeks, eight weeks without a bloody day off. Seven days yep. a week for these people. Um, because they were building all these display homes and they changed to the Dulux spec yep. uh, from, I think it was from Torbins or something because they used to use Torbins. Yep. They changed to the Dulux spec. And it was the first time we used Hadrian ceiling flat orange label. Oh. And that was full of ammonia back then. Yep. And, oh man. They all oh. were. I can remember they all were. Yeah, right. There was a, there was a phase there where I, well, that I can remember where they all had that, yeah, ammonia smell. Whether that was someone has come out with, oh, well, we'll put this in it, that'll kill the mould, which is probably yeah. where their thought process was, and or it'll stop the mould. Um, uh, but, yeah, that's I can remember those days. Yep. Oh, yeah, man. It stung. Like, mm. uh, your eyes, man, it took a while to get used to spraying that shit. Yep. And, um, yeah, man. But it coverage, man, that was fantastic. For 50, uh, for 50, 60 bucks a drum, mate, that was... That was unreal, that ceiling flat. Yep. Um, I, I haven't used it in years, mate. But, yeah. Um, don't know what it costs these days, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't miss those days, man, you know, working seven days a week uh, for doing display homes and, and all that. a fortune. <laughs> mate, it must have been. <laughs> if you were working seven days a week, mate, you, I could only imagine the holidays you must have had with all that money you were making. You know, there was this one year, uh, it was the three of us, um, it was me, and this was when I worked, back, back when I was working with dad, because right? yep. it was his business back then. Um, you know, it was me, dad, and maybe one or two other offsiders, like, and they were just brush hands, right? Yep. And I think we worked, like, and we worked our guts out that year, and we turned over like 250 grand, I think, maybe at the most, maybe I think it was two ninety or something. Yep. And you know, you take your paint out, your car, your this, your that. I think we both ended up with like seventy grand each, and we, and and like I was absolutely furious because I got five grand extra, like once everything was divvied up at tax time. Yep. And I, I, I was like, five grand, like is that all? You know. Um. And I was just like, wow. and you stuck with it. Well, you know. What else are you going to do? Go and be a carpenter? <laughs> <laughs> well, they get their frames built for them now, so. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, you know. They just, they just, like Meccano sets for a lot of them, you know, where they yeah. just put it, put it up and now that it's all done. So, you know. Close me out that, but even in new construction, how like the plasterers are doing, like, and they've been doing it for as long as time it's been around, that corner sus, sheeter, setter, sander. Mm. Yep. And it, it's, well, okay, that actually, when you mention that, I can sort of understand that because where guys are skilled in the areas that they're skilled in really does sort of work. I've, I've been doing, in, in my training with apprentices, I've been running a skills test with them. So I've been getting mm -hmm. them to, and, and timing them on how long it takes for them to paint one side of a panel door. Okay. That'll be interesting, considering that there's painters out there that can't paint a bloody door in an hour, let alone. Well, this is this is what the test's about. So we've been videoing them. 
So I've got about 20 videos with timers. So far. So far. So I've been working on this and testing out. Now, the best time so far, um, the times vary. Well, actually, the best time, I'll give you the apprentice's best times. The best time was about three minutes or just under three minutes for one side of a four-panel door with a brush. And is that those grain ones? like those Yeah, the grained grain ones. ones. Yes, the colonial oh. grained ones. So, you know, n- half of them had never, ever painted a panel door with a brush. Now, we spray them. And Are these on a frame with a hinge or what? No, I've got them hang- just standing up against the wall. So they've been removed, just standing up against the wall with no handles on them. But the, right. but the holes there, yeah? The handle holes, holes there, there or no? Handle holes there, yep. Yeah, so handle. they got to use their rag and wipe it out. And, and clean out and there. do all that, yep. Oh, no, I don't think actually. Depends. Some of them have, some of them haven't. It just depends yeah. on which door they grab. So no, there's, Yeah, you're, you're not talking a lot of time. But anything between sort of that, that just under two and a half to three minutes out to seven minutes a door for one side. Even seven minutes a door. And what's this? First year, second year, fifth year? Varies. Varies between first and fourth. So they they're should all have different fifth, they stages. should have fifth years, considering that even even in high school they've got retards that have to go back and do it again. You know, like you, you know what do well, they call it? Like you, they you uh, that's a, called giving them an extension on their apprenticeship. Oh, really? But so is that, that does is happen. That, if they're not like... finished or they're not competent in everything. So how it works is 29 units in painting and decorating. They have to be deemed competent in all 29 units to become a tradesman and get their trades papers. If they don't get if they don't get the work done, you know, um, they don't get signed off. Practical until... and theory? Yes, practical? practical and theory. Yeah. So every theory unit has practical components to it. What about, um, does RPL come into into the fold, or do they still have to do the module? They still. It depends on RPL does come in in certain circumstances, um, but they have to. So what happens with RPL is they have to go through and do a theory component, and then they have to do a what we call a challenge test. So they have to actually prove they can do it. So, for an example, you know, working at heights and trestles and planks and things like that, they've got to show without any assistance, without anything like that in the challenge, how to put on a harness, how to set up a full trestle system with, um, you know, with handrail systems and plank clamps and you name it. So they've got to actually show that they can do it with, with no assistance to be deemed competent if they're competent in it. And then they have to answer a series of questions relating to the trestles and planks. So how many of these apprentices would you say? Uh, is it is this like a new system of competency or has this been around for, I don't know, the last 10 years? It's been around. It's a new training package. New training okay. package we're now working to. So there's been some changes in what the old training package was. Um, there's been some updates, for example. Wallpaper now, you have to wallpaper a ceiling three drops wide, three metres long. A ceiling? A ceiling, and do that competently. Who would put wallpaper on a ceiling? In Queensland, we don't, but in other states, they do. So you've got to remember it's a national package, so it's, it's the whole country. So, you know, over, you look over in Western Australia, they do all their internal walls in white set. They don't use... Yeah, white... 
So who does the white set? Is it the painter or the plasterer? The plasterer. And then the painter's got to work to that. Yeah, right. So, there's, you know, so everywhere is different. Down in Victoria, you know, they do a lot of wallpapering down there. You know, that's, so, that's a, one of the larger uh, areas that they do it and they wallpaper ceilings. Look at the UK. Everything's in the UK's wallpaper. Wallpaper. Yeah, that's fair. So it is part of the decorating part of the trade, you know, where anyone who does their apprenticeship or even RPL is deemed a painter and decorator. So you've got to do the decoration side. Now, that decoration side can include, you know, wallpaper, I guess you could put into that, but you've also got your decorative finishes, your marbling, your wood graining, you know, your gilding, so on and so forth of doing de different decorative finishes, your sponging, rag rolling, those types of things. Yeah, right. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so I was running this timing project. So, and yeah, yeah. it's incredible watching the number of kids that said, oh, we spray all ours. Do you really? Yeah, yeah. I said, how long does it take you? Oh, it only takes, you know, we can do 10 doors, one coat mm -hmm. in half an hour. Okay, cool. No dramas. So where do you take the time in of walking out of the truck, getting your spray gun, dragging it inside, right? Then priming it, running it, running water, you know, cleaning it out, getting it ready, and then using the gun. That's a hard, so where's all this other time? And then you clean up time at the end of it, mm. you know, and the guys who are pumping out at, at, at three minutes a door, right? So they're doing a door every six minutes. So they can do 10 doors in an hour. In an hour. Now they're not going to yeah. keep up that time, obviously. You know, they're no. not going to keep to that time. But you say an hour and a half, 10 doors in an hour and a half, right? One, one coat though, yeah? One coat per coat. Yeah, one coat. Yeah. How long does it take you to to clean out a gun properly and make sure that, every, you know, there's a good 15, 20 minutes in that. If you're cleaning the filters and the handpiece, you've got to strain your paint. You've got to make sure that all of that, whereas if you're painting a panel door by hand with a brush, within 90 seconds, you've walked from the car and you're already putting paint on the door. Mate, if you're an experienced contractor... <laughs> I'm going to play devil's avocado there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've seen guys with a, with a Graco pump and they literally just whack uh, masking plastic around the pump. Of course they do. Tape it up, throw it in the back of the ute. Should be good for tomorrow, man. Oh, well, we used to do that sort of thing with brushes and rollers at times. Oh, they, they've taken it one step further, man. And, 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 uh, or, you just, or you just leave the the gun on site and just leave it in the paint till tomorrow because it's not your spray gun. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah, yeah, true. And then it blocks up because you get chunks of rubbish oh. in it and you end up You're having... Talking oh, to you the converted. <laughs> yeah. you know. No, I, I do agree with you. Like, brushing in a door, like, you know... Particularly a grain was... door. Now, I'm not talking a flat door. I'm talking a grain door. No, even if, even if you know, like flat door, you'd have to cut the back. You cut, cut the yeah, two edges, uh, that's right. the door edges, and then roll. That's yep. Whether you tip it off or you do Mr. Miyagi stuff and go top to bottom or join it up in the middle, that's entirely up to you. you know yeah. I mean? yep. um, but uh, no, like, but, but see, the thing is, is it's all good and well that these apprentices, like, and this is an apprentice speaking, you know, not, not a... Uh, you know, a guy that calls on Gumtree and says he's got 25 years experience. These are third and fourth year apprentices. 
Yeah, right. So but I reckon there's a whole heap of I reckon there's a whole heap of guys out there that even experienced guys that would have trouble painting a panel door in six minutes. Well, more than likely, and that that's part of my next point is, you know, it's all good and well that they can do this and they're deemed competent, but it's like you know when you go out into the marketplace, like are these you know like every you know based on that everybody, you know most people should know well you know. One painter can do so many doors in an hour. One painter should be doing roughly, you know, five doors an hour. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How many and how many business owners would know which one of their staff they're better to chuck on doors because they're going to get it done in half the time for the dollar to which one don't you let touch the doors because he takes way too long? And this is why I put this oh. challenge together. To, for guys to actually start thinking about, if you're knocking out, you know, let's just for easy numbers, say 10 doors in an hour, right? And you're paying that bloke 40 bucks an hour. You're getting, you're painting for four, $4 a door, you know, plus entitlement, stuff like that per coat. Okay. So that's eight bucks a door. It's costing, or if you're doing a three coat system, 12 bucks a door is what it actually costs the business owner. Yeah, but you're getting like 90 bucks a door to charge to the customer. That's right. But if you get another guy to do the doors and he takes, instead of taking 10 minutes or can do 10 doors in an hour, he it takes him, he can only do six doors in an hour or five doors in an hour. He should be worth half the money. He should be worth half the money. So you should be paying him <laughs> 20 bucks an hour instead of 40. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, so this is where the owners of the businesses need to understand how long things take and how each staff member does things differently. You know, I used to have a bloke working for me. Um, Will was his name. Mate, he was the fastest guy I've ever seen. I'm going back and it was all oil-based undercoat and full-gloss enamel. No one could ever beat him in a door, ever. You know, he, he, he would go through and paint, a house lot of doors, two coats, use QD, undercoat, quick dry oil, undercoat yeah. it in the morning, he'd have it all done and go back and gloss it all in the afternoon. Done. So you're, uh, the whole, that's uh, doors you, and frames, doors and frames in a day. Are you proposing only one coat of enamel over the top of oil-based enamel? Oh, no, one coat of oil-based undercoat, then a coat of oil-based. Yeah, yes. so, so you're, you're suggesting one coat of primer, so undercoat, speak. so an oil undercoat. So, so on, a, on, undercoat. A, on a on a on a repaint. Yes, not, a repaint. yes, not bare. Not, not, no, not, not bare. Tender. Repaint, light sand. You know, clean yeah, it down, uh, and then uh, one coat of oil based undercoat and one coat of gloss enamel. Yeah, full body to. gloss. That's yeah, right. yeah. Tinted. Generally, builders white. We used to, to the same tinted. color as the undercoat, right? Well, yeah, the undercoat was usually no, a light grey anyway. Well, the you know, that was the tinted that to the, yeah. Yeah. Well, we never tinted. I mean, unless you were tinting the doors. If the doors were tinted, then you'd tint the undercoat. Yeah. But you'd normally t try and tint the undercoat to half strength of what the actual colour was. That's what mm. we used to do back in the day. So, so because, it's you, you, yeah. It's interesting that you say that because, um, uh, I, <laughs> um, even though my company's absolutely perfect, as everybody knows, <laughs> yep, uh, we had an issue, and yep. uh, our team decided to 
look at the scale, look at the spec, and the spec was um, uh, was it Lexi Concorda, right? Really and I'm doing these, yeah. I'm doing units, these two units, like uh, yep. you know, vacant vacant units. And anyway, the old mate on the on the scope of work, it had one coat of uh, oil based undercoat, one coat of gloss enamel. Yep. Right? But the guys went off the um, the uh, the color selection. And it had lexicon quarter, and instantly, because of you know the way things are today, they've gone. Oh, we'll just use water base because yep. it'll go yellow. Mm. Okay. Now, anyway, we put one coat of undercoat, two top coats of water based enamel because that's what what it is. Otherwise, it's not. It, it flashes off on you, right? Yep. It sucks yep. in too much. Yes. Well, we had a representative out, and I'm not going to name which paint manufacturer it was. Yep. And this guy. Went on the record, like because you know, because we you know saying to the customer, hey, this is what we plan to do. He went on the record and said, no, 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 it has to be light sand over the top of the water based enamel, right? That's fresh, new. It's a brand new. It's like it's it's, it's been done. Yep. Has to have two coats of oil based enamel, otherwise, you won't get best results. And but when he's saying two coats of oil, is he saying one undercoat and one gloss? Well, or is he and saying that's, two and, coats and of gloss what, enamel? And that's what we were saying. We're like, well, so you're telling us it's not going to stick because if you're telling us it's not going to stick to the fresh water-based undercoat, uh, uh, fresh water-based enamel, that's totally fine. We agree with you. One yep. coat of oil undercoat, quick dry, yep. one coat of oil-based enamel because that's, yep. what the, that's, what the, that's what the specification that was quoted. We're happy to provide that. Our error, but lady, it's going to yep. go yellow, right? Yep. No, 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 no. It'll stick. You have to use. We recommend firm two coats of oil-based enamel. That's two coats of top coat. Yeah, yeah, and and we were like, we were just absolutely dumbfounded because as painters, like, we know that you know, since the you know, our, our, you know, from as far as I'm concerned, my entire painting career, which from 15 to 35, which is nearly 20 years, man, I wish I would have put in for long service leave with that Q leave stuff. Oh, um, no. Yeah, I, I would have had two lots of it by now. Um, yeah, but you're you a know, boss, you don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's only your staff that get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, We've all know, and even the, the guys that are listening, we all know that one coat of oil-based undercoat, one coat of enamel, the only problem is, is whether or not it's going to have opacity, not the fact whether or not it's going to, you know, if you get misses and shit all through it, then that's that's a different story. Different that, yep. You know, you know um, so, and, and that's what was interesting, the way that, you know, with a, um, a political issue like that, the way that, that particular manufacturer, or that rep at least anyway, um, you know, he was just, yeah, he's just, there was no customer service. There was just no nothing. And we were just like, wow. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, keep in mind that, you know, if you're uh, a painting contractor and you only got yourself and one other guy or two other guys, that these paint manufacturers are trained to understand or, or to, to have the outlook of it's never the paint. It's always you. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. That's, that's, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That, the you. If you actually, I, I think 
going back, I haven't read it for a while, but I did many years ago, and I can't remember which which contract, which um, company it was. Um, but yeah, same thing was basically when you opened the tin of paint, you voided the warranty yeah, on right. the paint. You know, because you have to do, you know, there's just there's just so many things. If you're applying it to a pre-existed coating, have you done an adhesion test on the entire job? Mm. I mean, you can do an adhesion test on, on three boards in an area, on an external, and find it's all good. Then when you paint, you know, particularly the older houses where you're doing, you know, you're, you've got old lead-based paint underneath, and then you've got enamel underneath, and then you've got acrylic on top. And then when you finally get your paint acrylic on top, that you find that the adhesion underneath is the problem. So that all comes back onto the painter because if the paint lets go, bubbles, blisters, all those sorts of things, you should have known. And the paint manufacturer is not going to assist you with that because it comes back to you're the professional painter that is applying this coating. If there's a dust layer, so if you haven't washed the the it washed the house mm -hmm. down, and this is the biggest one with the guys out there that do new housing, spray only, two coats of flat on ceilings and a mist coat of flat on the walls and two coats of low sheen. Nothing back rolled. Now, so what happens along all the plaster joints and then you go into the bathrooms, laundries, kitchens, where, the, where they get a bit of moisture, the whole lot within a couple of years blisters and breaks down. And there's that plaster layer or dust layer there that nobody ever gets rid of because you can't when you're only spraying. If you back roll it, you can force the dust into the paint and you can actually force the paint into the substrate, your gyproc or whatever you're, you're applying the coating to. But a lot of painters out there, and you know, you, you may have been one of the same going back in the day, that you were taught just to spray straight over it. Yep, looks good. Great. We're out of there. No back rolling, no nothing. The paint manufacturers will wipe you completely on that. I mean, Australian standards clearly state that you need to put a coat of sealer on before you put your top coats on. A sealer or an undercoat has to go on every single substrate before any other paint will go on it, any of your top coats. It's Australian standards. Full stop. No so ends, ifs or buts. 99% of houses being built today, just the painting alone that house doesn't reach Australian standards based on the fact that it never had a coat of sealer on it. It voids the plasterboard. Well, the, the thing is, though, when you're, a, when you're a small contractor and, and you, I don't know, you hunt down a supervisor or you, you get in with one of these companies yep. and you start, and then literally, oh, we're, we're working with Torbent's, and now, oh, well, we're moving to Dulux now. Well, this is going to cost another $50 per job or something. Oh, well, that's the new price. Take it or leave it, right? Because they've yep. done the rebate deal or whatever they've done. Yep. Now, the thing is, is those, when, when that happens, <laughs> um, when that happens, um, they give you the spec and they go, well, this is what you got to use. It's, it's, it's this and two coats of this to the Hadrian flat to the ceilings. You know, you got to use the professional wallboard sealer for the walls or whatever it is. And it's like, from a contractor's perspective, it's like, well, I'm doing as, as what's on the spec, man. And the only guarantee is, like Australian standards guarantee, mate, the only guarantee is I've forgotten about it as soon as I get in the car and I get paid. That's you know it. what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and, and in all honesty, like, you know, um, you know, how can they start preaching Australian standards when they're not even paying 
you know, to have it primed and, and you want the contractor to be responsible. That's like, that's like us doing exterior uh, repaint and then just being like, ah, oh, nah, you know, we can just put, you know, two coats over that. No, nah, I don't need a primer on that. Oh, the rust is coming through. Well, did you, you know, uh, convert it and, and, and epoxy it? No, 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 just, you know, two coats of lotion, mate, should be right. Like, you know, yep. you, in some respects, those contractors, which which are essentially subcontractors of the principal contractor, meaning the builder, yeah. you know, they do have to have a lot of the liability or, or or what have you wiped because like they're just they're just literally getting a purchase order and trying to make it work. Oh, uh, that's right, and that's all they do. That's that's. But this is where the problem, I guess, with the entire construction industry is that. The, and, and look, I believe this is part of the reason why a lot of the builders are falling over now is because they aren't actually paying their subcontractors. Well, they're not quoting. They're, they're quoting cheap, number one. They're quoting way too cheap. They then expect the cheapest from their subcontractors because they have to get the cheapest out of the subcontractor. Otherwise, they're not making any money. The problem is that contractors are now bucking up across the board because they've got additional outgoings that they didn't have with the builders years ago you know and i think like you said last week we've become their bank painters painters yeah. and other sub you know the the subcontractors are banking them we're, we're carrying them and that's going to continue to happen as it is you know but well, these guys as soon as they you know i mean i heard of another two in new south wales two builders in new south wales rolled over again today you know, owing millions. So, you know, I, I just hope that not yeah, to, right. you know, no one here listening has been caught up in that one because there's, you know, another massive chunk of money that guys have lost. You know, and it's it's not just the builder that's affected; it's every one of the subbies. You know. Yeah. Look, I, I think it's um, like, you know, um, the the learning lessons uh, that that's going to be coming from a, for a lot of contractors that are in the construction industry uh, are, are going to be very uh, confronting because, you know, um, they're going to be, you know, turning up to office blocks and, and going to, to offices, you know, demanding With payment. Oh, no, I, I don't, I don't think a lot. I, I think, the, the tough guy image within the construction industry is, is a false narrative, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of emotional stress and, and anger and what have oh. you, but I do think that as soon as they see a security camera, they go back into their shell and just, you know, get told, get fed the lies that the supervisor dribbles to them. That, oh, oh yeah, mate, you'll get, you know, you'll get paid next week. Yeah. Um, you know, but I do think... Um, you know, I do think that sometimes, um, you know, the best way to learn is to go through it. I, well, I went through it years ago. You know, oh, I know. Um, yep. Oh, uh, I went through it. And, know, and I had one go take me for 50. It you hurts. Know, and I'm, I'm going back into the early 2000s. You know, that's, a, it, it doesn't massive. matter if it was in the 2000s or, or yesterday. $50,000, even $5,000 is a lot of bloody money, mate. And that's right. You know, now there's a difference where, and, and this is where people misconstrued it, I believe anyway. Um, you know, let's just say uh, 
Um, I'm a builder. Your work is for me as a painter. And I go, hey, Nigel, come back and do your dots and then I'll pay you, right? And then you go, yeah, I went back and done my dots. And then it's like, man, you know, you know. then Jimmy, the supervisor, comes to me. He's like, dude, he hasn't done his dots. He's done half of his dots. His boys are absolutely effed. And uh, we can't have him on any more of our jobs. Yep. Now, you know, then what ends up happening is the builder goes, oh, man, look, I'm just going to send another painter back because Nigel's an idiot. I'm going to get someone else to fix it and then just and then just pay him less. You know, I owe him 20 grand. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give him 15. Yep. And then all of a sudden, right, these contractors burr up and carry on and when really, you know, everything was within their control, you know what I yep. mean? Like um, they didn't take ownership of the situation. They blamed their staff or their, oh, you know, couldn't get there or couldn't do this because of Jimmy was sick or his mum died or. Car blew up, or I hired a meth head, or something. Yep. Um, or I'm short, like all the myriad of problems that is not the builder's problem at the end of the day. Yep. Um, because you're contractually obliged to complete the works. Um, so the builder's got every right, as far as I'm concerned, provided that you've had at at, a, at least one opportunity and and sufficient amount of time, meaning no more than three to seven days, to go and fix it. But um. But- on the other hand, they also end up going back three, four, five times for dots because the way it works these days that, you know, one company goes through, has a look. The builder will go through, have a look. The owner goes through and has a look. And each time, I mean, the, the painter is just getting murdered. And, yes, a lot of them are issues caused by the painter, but, the, but a lot of them aren't. You know, a high majority oh. of them aren't. You know, it, it's their painting, but it's the second they put paint onto something, they're 100% responsible for it. You know, um, they paint it, Sparky cuts a hole in the wrong place. Oh, well, the painter will fix that. You know, yeah, we've all well, heard it. You've been there. You've done that. You know, you've, so, you've yelled and screamed that, you know, and I'm these days are probably different and you'll back charge. But back in the day, you'd just go and fix it. And this is why the painters struggling and a lot of the other trades are struggling with the, the builders is based on the fact that they're spending so much time doing stuff for nothing and they're actually losing money because you have to go back three times to do things. You know, the light will be different. You know, I can remember going back and, and you know, going in and they're saying, oh, well, you know, they're complaining about defects on a wall and I'm looking at the wall. Well, where are they? Oh, hang on, I'll get my torch out so I can show you. Or it's the wrong time of the day. You need to be here in such and such a light. Or, you know, it's only when the sun shines down this way. Well, it, it's we can't always rectify that stuff. Like long hallways. Do a long hallway in something that isn't going to reflect. Because you know you're going to have plaster marks, lumps, bumps, ripples, pretty much no matter what you do. And oh, that's, that's how it works. You know. I think what it comes down to is, um, <laughs> so why does, so everyone says that, you know, and everyone has this ego to them and everyone has this, um, you know, you talk to anybody and they're like, oh, no, no, I send them a back charge. I charge them $80 an hour or some ridiculous figure. And they pay it, they pay it, you know, um, you know, but at the same time, as they're charging $80 an hour, they're 
bitching and bellering as they're mm-hmm. fixing it. Okay. Yeah. Now, the question is, you know, if you're so unhappy and you feel as though that this is absolute bullshit, why do you keep going back for more? Like, if it's, if it's you know, not profitable for you and, and you know, they're, they're literally raping you left, right and centre, yep. why are you, you know, saying to the supervisor, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a compliant, you know, housewife. When you come home tonight and you smack me around, you know, I'll make sure I got dinner on the table the way you like it, sir. You know, like, you know, why are you being compliant to this? I, I know exactly why, because I was in that position. It's because you don't have any other work. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Now, if in today's modern society with, with gender equalities and, and all the rest of it, now, in the 50s, you know, it was a different world as far as I'm able to research and learn about. But, you know, the thing is, is like if today, if a woman is, or, or a man for that matter, is dominated with domestic abuse and all the rest of it, then it's, you know, it's kind of like, well, why do you stay? There's all this support network everywhere to like leave him or leave her and like go and live at a homeless shelter because like you shouldn't have to deal with this. You know what I mean? Like, like these, these um, individuals within this relationship that I'm, this fictitious relationship I'm, I'm basically uh, storyboarding here. Um, You know, they're, they're taking the soul of their partner and turning them into like this subservient, you know, partner that's like, you know, oh, i got to have the fork in the exact position. Otherwise, Harry's going to belt me, you know, like, and then everybody looks upon this woman as like, why do you put up with that? You're better than that. Yep. Like all of these trades, like from the painters to the, to the, to the cleaners, to the siliconers, like to all these people complaining about their reality, well, go and fix it. Don't deal with it. Go somewhere else. Tell them to jam it. I don't know. Go knock on doors. Find work knocking on doors. Go work for real estate. I don't know. Start a lawn mowing business. I don't know. Insurance is a good area at the moment to get into. Insurance is a good area at the moment. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, like there's rather than complaining about it, otherwise just accept your reality, man. Yep. That's right. You know, uh, the pain, and know, that's the, but that's the, I mean, and that's the thing. I guess the biggest one is the rut. You know, as you know, to get out of that rut, is painful. It is a well, massive leap of faith and a massive amount of work to actually get away from that area, you know, because the guys, well, I've got another five houses lined up for you. It's, it's like I get, you know, actually really interesting. I regularly get painters ring me um, asking for a bit of advice. Oh, can you help me with a contract or can I have a look at this? You know, um, I've got a builder. He's He's got a, over a million dollars worth of work for me to get done this year. So I'll say, okay, great, no worries. So have you got $100,000 to to burn? He said, well, what do you mean? And I'll say, well, have you got $100,000 in your pocket to actually take on this work? No, 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 what do I need that for? Well, if you're going to get all this work done, how many staff are you going to need? What have you got? Oh, I've got six staff. I've got this. I've got that. So on and so forth. Okay. So every staff member is going to cost you, say, two grand. So you've got six staff. That's 12 grand a week. Yeah. Okay. So that 12 grand a week, right, that you, you've got, um, all of a sudden, 
you get paid at the end of the month. So you've got to do four weeks worth of work. So you're at 48 grand in the hole before you even invoice. Mm-hmm. Plus your paint. Throw your paint on. Throw your paint onto that. There's another ten percent. Yep. So so no, you're over. It should. If you're doing new construction, bro, it'll be twenty twenty five percent. There you go. Okay. So you know, but you you throw that sort of stuff on. Then you put your invoice in. Well, it's thirty day terms. So now mm-hmm. you're a hundred grand in before you see a cent. That's plenty of leverage for for the builder. And then the builder's Don't got do- you. Well, it's 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 contractual, like, see, and and that's that's what I learned when when I started to to dig deeper into into this, you know, business yep. is that, it, and you know, we take it for granted that, you know, we get a ute, a trailer, some tools, knock on someone's door, or pick up a supervisor here or there, and whooshka, you know, you're in business, you know what I mean, but. You know, you know. Think of think of the subway down the street that sets up a business. They have this massive upfront outlay of like two hundred grand just for the shop fit out. Let alone, you know, the the four or five grand a month lease that they yep. sign for the next five years. You know, yep. and all the rest of it. Right? We don't have those initial uh, startup costs, and no, because we don't have those startup costs, um, we don't necessarily can uh conduce or construe um the notion of what we're actually doing meaning this job's worth 12 grand to me i'll smash this out in six days blah 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 they don't construe that to you're contractually obliged to complete this project on budget on time for 12 grand yep and if you don't do that if your mum dies, your dog dies, your wife dies, your car blows up, your guys leave you, or the myriad of problems that you may have, the person that's providing you or the person that you're contracted to provide those services to, no different to the landlord that Subway is leased, leasing yep. the, the space for, well, if you just don't meet your contractual terms, I'm just going to rape you contractually, which that's means it. I'm not going to pay you. Yep. Now, after a few rapings, you start to learn that, well, this is how, you know, it works. Yeah. And that's what they do. And that's um, how, how they do work. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that's unethical, but if anything, it's, it's very um, the opposite because it's kind of like, um, you know when you play, uh, you know, uh, you know. I, I'm I don't watch the state of origin. I don't watch rugby league. But but last Sunday, um, my my father told me that you know this origin stuff's on, and yep. I'm a I'm a UFC fan. I, I like the violence. But um, yep. anyway, we we put this uh, rugby league on, and and I thought it was a great game. It was very entertaining. Yep. Um, and I'm neither New South Wales or Queensland. I couldn't care less. Um, but then like. The very next day, I heard of, like all this controversy and, and all the rest of it. Of you know, there's some controversy or something, and I didn't even read. It. I just, oh, you know, you seen like these screenshots and like these circles on the on the news ad about I don't know some call that the referee made or something. Yep. And I'm thinking to myself, what they 
both teams ran onto the field knowing the rules of the game. One team got absolutely flogged. Yep. So how, like, you know, and this is what I'm relating this back to is when that contractual agreement was made, both parties or both teams understood the rules of the game. So if you don't stand, like, you know, you don't keep up your end of the bargain, the other team has the has the right to score as many times as humanly possible yep. on you. Um, and there's no need to be bitter about it. There's no need to be upset about it. It's just, it's just the, the way it is. It's the game. That's right. Um, and I, I think um, when it comes to builders and it comes to, to, to um, those situations, even with your staff, you know what I mean? Like um, every staff member is a liability as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Like HR, like, you know, HR problem, you know, a legal liability when it comes to fair work and, and God forbid, you know, workplace health and safety and, and all the rest of it. Work cover um, and keep what going. What do you keep going? Uh, and, and your ABN and the way you pay them. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, As you know, uh, that's why you say that, because you know how I feel about that one. Oh, yeah. I thought I, I, thought I, was, I was trying to, to, trying to, get to a bite. bait you there. Yeah, trying um, to get a bite. I was, yeah. I, I, you know. I cast the lure out. You know. Yep. No, it didn't um, take it. Uh, yeah, look. <laughs> so do you think that the do you think that there's going to be a change or a shift in the way that our industry sees or uh what's the word? Do you think there will be a shift in the way that our industry deals with this building crisis either in the next six months or in the next twenty four months? Look, looking at it, uh, I don't think um, that things are going to change. I think that we're going to find that builders, you know, certainly for the short term, are going to be caught. We're going to find long term probably because, you know, they've signed contracts that are, work won't be done for 12 months, you know, so that's going to take time to flow on. Um, a lot of, you know, painters whether it's we're in a, a a good situation or not is a difficult one to know in that because we're the last ones virtually the last trade going in um the contracts that they've signed they're not getting to for 12 months we've we're still going to have work you know and those will be picked up you know some of the builders that are, are going to continue to fall over those jobs are still getting done there's no ends ifs or buts there's you know a, a Builders have got have fallen. You know some of these big high-rise buildings that have gone over over the years. Another, there's another builder there to pick it up, bump up his price, and he'll make additional funds out of it. And he's pricing it as it should have been priced, where the other guys haven't priced it the same way. You know, and and so I think, you know, all the ones that fall over, there's still going to be that workflow there. I think that you know, like I was saying, painting, you know, I, you know painting's a bit different to every other trade in that the more stuff yeah. they build today, the more we paint today, the more we've got to paint in 10 years time. Whereas every other trade, you know, they build it now, concrete, a pause, a slab, he never goes back to the job. He's got to find a new job. So all of the trades that come before us have to find new work 
for us to paint. But we've also got the existing work that they've already built to continue to repaint. So I think, you know, we're in a, in a, a good position painters-wise that I don't think we're going to be impacted in the same way as what your concreters are going to be and what others are going to be. Does that sort of explain it a bit for you, where I think? Well, I was thinking, um, you know, I was thinking that, like, what kind of makeup does the actual construction industry mean for the painting industry? Like, when you think of it, like, does the construction industry, and I'm thinking pretty narrow-minded, which is just like Queensland, you know yep. what I mean? Yep. But then you, you extrapolate that out over, right? But let's just say take Queensland, for instance. You know, um, does, does the new housing market make up 20% of, of all jobs that are painted, 40%, 80%? What's the repaint market, you know, val not value, but, but uh, percentage, industrial, commercial, body corp, or, or things like that? And I'm just thinking to myself, well, you know, that new construction market has to be large, man. That has to be because even paint manufacturers see new construction sales as their predominant driver um, because, let's just face it, like retail's fantastic because it's full retail price for a can of paint for mum and dad. Yep. Repaint is, is second and the retail's third because they're predominantly servicing commercial uh, business. Yep. yep. Right? Um, so the, the new construction market would have to be a, 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 a large, if not, in my opinion, one of the largest chunks of the pie for a paint manufacturer. So, you know, if the paint manufacturers, that's their largest chunk, then for the revenue, total revenue generated for the entire industry, um, it would have to be the new construction market. But See, I'm I don't know. See, I, just, I don't know. You know, because, I mean, they can only build – there's only so many painters out there building so much. Um, so – but how many new work painters are there in comparison to – or how many new builds are there? So say there's a 1,000 new builds going on at this moment in time in Queensland. Mm. I don't know exactly mm. what's – okay, but yeah, let's, just, yeah. let's just say there's a 1,000 builds going on that painters are working on at this moment. But there's probably in the in there's a thousand builds, but you've got half a million houses. Yeah. That are currently sitting there on a ten year cycle of getting repainted. Do you really think though that most houses are repainted every ten years though? Because look, I, I, think, I look at houses. Okay, so every day let's say twenty years. So you can say ten years on the outside and then they're back ten years later on the inside. You know, I mean, everyone wants to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, I, I think that painting your old, old Queenslanders, maybe not. Um, but what you find is that people tend to these days stay where, where previous generations have stayed in the one house for 30, 40, 50 years. People mm. these days tend to move every six, eight, ten years. So yeah. the house gets turned over. So people either when they um, they paint it to sell it or they buy it and they paint it to live in it or to turn into investment property. So in that cycle, that 10-year cycle, it gets painted. Whereas the older generations, they'd 
paint it or they'd they'd be getting the house washed down they'd be looking after it better it'd be a different yeah. a different thing you know when it comes to to painting you know the recommendation is that you wash your house down every 12 months if you wash your house down every 12 months you're going to extend the life of that paintwork dramatically you know it, instead well, that... of lasting you 8 to 10 it, you'll get 12 to 15 mm. With a with a hundred and fifty dollar house wash or whatever it costs, I don't know. You know, two hundred, three hundred dollar house wash every twelve to eighteen months. You know, because the maintenance like a car, you maintain the car, you get it serviced, you look after it, it keeps running. If you don't, it breaks down and you're sitting on the side of the road. A house is exactly the same. Paint works the same. Well, even after, um, uh, I was I was finding it very interesting to see what the the Google trends were looking like after all the rain and, and the floods in Brisbane and Queensland to see has uh, pressure washing, like interest in pressure washing gone up and believe it or not, it has, it yep. has peaked given all of the mold and, and shit everywhere. Yep. You know, I know um, a couple of guys that whether or not pressure washing businesses and they're flat out. Yeah. Right. Now when they pressure wash, now this is, this is something that I, I've seen things where um, in the States they do this this soft washing. Yep. Right? And they just damp. They dust the house full of chemical and, um, like, hose it off. Like, there's not even a, a gurney. You know yep. what I mean? And, and uh, I, was, I was completely amazed by it. And I was just like, wow. This is this is easy money, you know. Oh. Um, and get it get a couple of people that are, are completely unskilled and haven't done haven't got any qualifications, haven't had to do an apprenticeship, haven't had to do any of those sorts of things. They're drawing a minimum wage, and they're getting you know if if, if the business owner's smart, they're actually making good coin out of it as well. Well, you know the, the biggest problem. You know, I, and I don't mean to, to loop back to the construction industry again and, and shit on it again. <laughs> That's <laughs> is, okay. That's is okay. that you don't you don't own the list. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the customer is the builder's customer. You can't go back to that house in a year or two years time and be like, "Oh, hey, lady, do you remember me? I painted the house and I was one of the fifty trades that worked on it. Any chance I can wash your house down?" You know, no, like, but if you're smart, you have no relationship. But if you're smart, right? This is this is one that I know some guys out there are smart and they're doing as a painter, right? They're going in and they're leaving touch-up tins with their name, the name of the paint, everything else, but their company name, their company contact details, all of that sort of stuff on the touch-up tins in the laundry. Yeah, He's not going to throw them out. No. But... When and I know guys that do this, and I know guys that get repeat business from that. You know, one yeah, that's, bloke that's clever. You're going to love this one. One guy actually did that, um, painted the place for sale, did that, left the tins. The new owners, the the old owners, don't want to take that stuff when they go, so that stayed under there, left the touch up paint. He then full interior exterior paint job. Okay, mm -hmm. the tins were there. They've sold the house. New owners have come in. They've found the tins there. They've rung the bloke. Hey, any chance we can get the place painted before we move in? 
He just because we don't <laughs> like the colour. He actually got two <laughs> internal paint jobs, one with it furnished and then redone, empty, back to back. No prep work. He had to go and fill a few no, fill a few, you know, holes where they had their paintings and pictures and things like that out. That was it. No gloss work. No, no prep work. <laughs> Double paint do job. You know, do you in, know in why most like two months? Do you know why most painters wouldn't do that? Is because they'd be too scared for people to call them up and then go, Oh, yeah. We just moved into the house and all the paint's peeling off. Do you want to come and look at it? Because it should be under warranty. <laughs> but it won't be under warranty because it's changed owners. So it, it, it voids that sort of thing, voids the warranty. Because it the warranty... It depends on your, on your terms. On your terms and conditions. But on, on I think you'll find, certainly in Queensland with home warranty insurance, the insurance is with the homeowner until, you know, for that period of time. But if the house sells, then that in that home warranty insurance isn't transferable to the new owners. So I heard some uh, somewhere, uh, and I don't know where I heard it, but it's for some reason it's stuck with me. And I've actually never followed this up, even though I should. Yep. Now, the ACCC, the Australian yep. such and such, such and such. Yep. I, so this is the story is that, Standard consumer warranty is two years. After that, all bets are off. Um, now, that's and, and that's fundamentally why the QBCC home warranty insurance is um, redundant, because within that six months, the ACCC two-year minimum ga- or maximum guarantee or warranty system or what have you, yep, is in in effect. Okay, um, so it depends, okay? It depends on the category of the insurance, okay? Now, this is okay. my understanding of it, that if it's a if you're a builder and it's a structural defect, it is under home warranty insurance in Queensland, a six-year, six year, six-months warranty mm-hmm. from the defect being found. So that wipes out the two years of the consumer stuff. If it is a non-structural, okay, mm-hmm. basically it's 12 months as a non-structural defect. But guys out there that are doing, say, a membrane on a roof mm-hmm. or something like that, and that doesn't, you know, that fails, then that falls under structural. That isn't under non-structural because it's a coating designed to stop moisture getting through. Because it's a waterproofing membrane. Exactly. That's right. So it depends on what you're talking about as to what it is. Now, as far as... Um, your QBCC, if we're just talking QBCC at the second, it is a 12-month warranty, okay, on your – so forget about home warranty insurance. That's different. If if it is a structural on a home, it is a 12-month defect period for a painter. Handyman or well, – Well, so you're no, saying – see, if I you're a handyman that. and you aren't QBCC licensed, there is no warranty. The homeowner has nothing. Well, even A Triple C, there's nothing. There's nothing, to my understanding, because you're outside the the parameters of a tra- uh, a licensed tradesperson. And this is where it becomes difficult because state by state are all different. Because um, you've got li- you know, 
no or very limited licensing in in Tasmania, Victoria, ACT and Northern Territory. So half the country doesn't even have licensing. And then depending on where you are, the, the you know, so in Queensland, it's 3,300 um, is the threshold. In WA, it's 1,100 for painting. In South Australia, it's basically zero. You know, yeah, right. and then depending on internal and external in in New South Wales, as to they've got different, they've actually got different figures for an internal paint or repaint to an external repaint as the requirements for licensing. So it's it's different wherever you are in the country. So it's it's a difficult one to say. Well, whilst we're on the topic of licensing and all of this yep. legal jargon, boys, I, I just want to take the time to let everybody know that. What we're talking about here is for entertainment purposes only and, you know, you should seek further legal advice in the event that you do go down the route of taking what we're saying because it's just a general nature. So, um, you know, don't take what we say as gospel because we could be wrong and we're not in any way, shape or form advising you on what you should and shouldn't do. Um, but in saying that, based on what we're talking about now, I could paint five, 600 homes a year and provide my customers with a one-year guarantee. <laughs> in yes and no. Um, it, it's, look, it's, like you said, it comes back to the, it depends on which, if the, if the customer, as we know, is educated enough they'll know, you know, you'll end up in QCAD or you'll end up somewhere yeah. that, that isn't going to be fun. They'll they'll call in QBCC, QBCC will come out, they will do a defect on it. And, you know, because you're a licensed painter, they will dictate to you those sorts of terms. It can stretch out past that, that period. Um, and then it just comes down to the judgment of the QBCC. See, they've because there's... There's certain stuff, and this will be the same in, in most of the states, that, like you said, the ACCC or um, the, the it all falls under different legal entities within different areas. That's, you know, it, it just makes it really hard to put a blanket over the whole lot. It's, it's virtually mm. impossible because you can in 12 months or, say, in, in 15 months, you can notify mm. the QBCC and say, I noticed that about six months ago, but I haven't got round to it. QBCC come out, they see the paint peeling off and say, well, yeah, that could have been that long ago. So, yes, we will go after the painter after that period of time. Even if, uh, even if it's not the coatings that you applied? You're the professional that's applied them. You're, you've got to give a warranty that, that 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 is going to stand. The coating that we've applied, yeah, hmm. yeah. But I can't but warrant the, st the stuff that's underneath it. Yes, of course you have to. If the stuff all starts peeling underneath, you are liable because you're the last person to apply coating to that substrate. So that no, I don't, you... I, I don't agree to that. Yep, because if you haven't done your adhesion test over the whole thing and made sure it's all sound and it all blisters and bubbles. Well, it just means you haven't done the correct preparation on the job, so it falls back onto you to ensure that, that the correct preparation is done as the qualified tradesperson. Well, we all know that 
even though that, like you say, you get a western wall. Yep. It's peeling and flaky. You give it a scrape. You give it a sand. You do an adhesion test if you could be bothered to do one. And, you know, it's sound and then you paint over it and then in maybe two years' time, the underlying coatings continue to degrade. Yep. Now, that's neither the client's fault. It's neither my fault as a contractor. It's just it's an unfortunate situation, especially um, when, you know, you took a quote with a scope and a specification that didn't allow for full coating removal. Yeah, but as the expert, you potentially should have allowed for that. Ah, uh, you know, this is should this could is, have woulda should yeah, should have could have woulda. This is into, yeah. This is where it, it this, starts getting, and then it comes down to the interpretation of the person that does the assessment on the job. This is part of the snowflake society. This yep. is what it is. Yep. But it all depends. Um, you you know, know, we've all had um, clients that um, that we've had problems with over the years. We've all been down that road um, where it's been a drama in some way, shape or form that we've had to go back and rectify something or something's blistered, something's peeled, whatever it might be. You never get it 100% right. Anyone that tells me that they've never had to go back and do a touch-up or a defect, um, I question. You know, <laughs> because I know for a fact everyone will have gone back and done a touch-up and a defect. Yeah, but, see, all their, but all their work's word of mouth as well, man. You know what That's I mean? Right. So maybe they just don't work for whingers. Who knows? Could be. Could be. But you don't. Yeah, well, that's true. Either that or that. And they've never, ever not been paid. Yeah, yeah. No, they always get their money. Always. They always get their money and they're always paid on time. You know, but that's where, you know, as, as a painter and primarily a business owner, you've got to understand that, you know, things go wrong. You cop it on the chin, you fix it. You know, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be worried about going back and fixing up a defect. That's an opportunity. See, I look that as a full opportunity to do something like that. You know, if if I had a, ever had a client come back, um, that's your your opportunity and say, oh look, something's blistered, something's peeled. There's a problem with this or a problem with that. Okay, no worries. I'll come out and fix it. Easy, no dramas. And I'd go and fix it. Oh, while I'm here, I just noticed that such and such needed to be painted. Well, your bathroom needs, do you want me to have a, give you a quote for that? And because you've taken that step to go and rectify something, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, while you're here, can you quote that? You know, it's the old story so, when it comes to when it came every about 15 to 18 months, even earlier than that, at 12-month mark, I would contact the clients where I'd painted exterior and say, hey, do you – Treads, do the stair treads need a bit of a tidy up? Or does your top handrail need another coat? Does, you know, anything like that? Because that customer, yeah. they, number one, they know you. And 100%. I'm going back I'm going back pre-doing, um, you know, we didn't have Facebook and yeah. email and text Email and all yeah. that. We didn't have any of that stuff, you know. When I first started, I can Manual. remember everyone rang a landline. <laughs> that was all we had. You know, and then we had this massive big brick that had yeah. sit in the car. Um, you know, so the, the times have changed there. You know, 
anyone can jump onto Google and give you a bad rating. Mm -hmm. You know, so what you need to be doing is going and making it, taking advantage of those people and getting caught out by the fact that, hey, look, you know, it's due to your, your decks needing to be re-oiled or something's needing to be done. When you're there, they're going to say, oh, look, this patch here is not quite right or something like that. Okay, no drums. Well, look, we can fix that up at the same time while we're here if you want if you want us to do these other things. Oh, that'd be great. I've, I've got a real-world, no-bullshit example of this You've exact done. thing happening. Yeah. I, I did it today. Oh, did you? Uh, we, yep. We, we painted this lady's house uh, a little under a year ago. Now, before we painted it, she had a membrane over the entire house with significant water issues to all of her garden beds and you know, lots of different problems. Um, she spent a lot of money, like a lot of thousands of dollars. Yep. Now, um, basically, we let her know that, look, you're going to still get bubbling because the moisture ingress coming through the block work and short of digging out your garden beds and re-blackjacking, that's not going to stop. All we can do is scrape off what's loose and bubbling and flaking and, and paint it. And we didn't use a membrane. We used a breathable coating, right? Yep. So after all the rain and all that, we've been in communication because these bubbles have come back and she's very house problem. Yep. So I said to her, look, I'll, I'll pop out, have a look. And obviously with storm damage, there's a, a lot more stuff that have to be done. Yep. And um, I said, look, how about, look, what we'll do is we'll send one of our painters out a day, two days, whatever it is, without prejudice. It's complimentary. Not yep. saying that we're responsible, but what I am saying is that we'll just handle it for you because you're a valued customer. Yep. And, oh, man, this woman gave me a hug and everything, and then she opened up the floodgates. I need this done. I need that done. I need this done. I need that done. Yep. Uh, we're we're going to come away with maybe... I want to say, I'm going to say a little under 10 grand worth of varies or variations that we got to send up. Yep. Um, and that was just for, from being genuine. Like what's a painter for a day worth? 320 bucks at 40 bucks an hour. Yep. You know, that's, you know, so the cost to, to, to upsell, let's just say hypothetically 10 grand. I just spent $640 to get roughly 10 grand in revenue. So that's more than $1 in, $10 out. That's $1 in. You mean $1 uh, out, $10 in? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like the, the, yeah. <laughs> You're giving it yeah, away again. You're making that on, much, man. you can afford to give it away. That'd be it's, right. It's late in the afternoon, man. You know, the, un uh, the only one I know who does that is Jim Baker. He's, he's um, he, he finished a job. I can remember him telling me a story. He finished a job so fast that he was embarrassed and he actually – gave the client back a thousand dollars well see that's that's either one of two reasons it's either he's... <laughs> hey sorry i cut you out you cut out <laughs> no, i don't think jim that? takes cocaine but he's, uh, I don't, I, it's either one of two reasons but i don't think it's because jim takes cocaine i think it's he, he drinks too many cups of tea it's too he's had too much caffeine too much caffeine <laughs> No, what it is is yeah. that that client he knows is because of his systems. He knows that client over the last umpteen years, you know, five or six years, had given him a hundred thousand dollars worth of work. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> when, you know, when so, all you're focused on is the dollar, you're going to burn a relationship. Which is a, a guy in the states called it a penny wise and a dollar shy. Yep, and uh, sometimes 
you got to be willing to burn a penny in order to make a dollar. That's it. That's how it is. That's exactly well, mate, it. Mate, on that, on um, that note, mate. Yep. So, look, great catching up again. Look forward to catching up next week. And, um, yeah, have fun. Have and we'll fun, talk mate. soon. Pleasure as always. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too, buddy. Thanks, Glenn. See you. See you, mate. Bye. The Aussie Painters Network team would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Painters Podcast. If you have any industry-related topic or would like to just have a chat, remember, Aussie Painters Network and Painters Training are here for you. Bye for now.